boy 50. Them say I carry that, that automatic Yahoo boy. Why are us the bar? We go make your mama lose joy. Leave one for him leg, your future we go destroy. Police is your friend, all my other one a decoy. Sass the beat, sass the still, but Sega get your freaking back. Sega this, Sega that, but Sega know they ever slack. Sega tweet, Sega help, Sega be like light for dark. Sass the fear, sass the jail, all because of Sega fact. Sass be like devil, them they still kill and destroy. Person go watch ball, all my now they don't end the boy. Click pal, trigger happy, see the red on the soil. Vexed and enraged, on my inside they boil. Only cop I can vouch for is CP Wakili. The rest will show you pepper, they are layers of chili. You they young, you get car, you they feel yourself a bee. Them go tax you, them go rob you, them go frame you up, you see. Officer of the law, but on duty you they blow grass. Young boys know they save, now your duty to they harass. Police turning bankers, them get POS, pure trust. RIP caller, they it is time to answer. County Executive Angela also Brooks. I'd like to first start by thanking the members of the media for staying around today. As you may imagine, um, this was a critical incident that occurred last night um, on St. Barnabas Road, Knoxon Hill. Uh, our police officers, our chief, uh, we all wanted to make sure that we had the most complete information to bring to the public. And so we are prepared to do that at this point. So you will first hear from County Executive also Brooks, followed by Chief Hank Stawinski. And then concluding will be State's Attorney Aisha Braveboy, after which we will take questions. Good afternoon. We want to thank uh, all of you for coming out today. Uh, and to begin by saying this has been an exceedingly difficult day um, for all of us, for uh, this community, uh, for this department, and uh, most especially for the family of William Green. I want to begin by uh, offering our prayers uh, to his family at this time and to tell you um, that we have uh, really been grief-stricken uh, with the family and that we as a community uh, have grieved with this family today. Uh, we are here because less than 24 hours ago uh, we had a critical incident. I want you to know that I have been briefed uh, pretty much around the clock uh, about this incident and having uh, had the opportunity to be briefed by the department, I should tell you that there is absolutely nothing that is acceptable about this incident. Uh, we have said to this community over and over again that we value the trust of the community. We understand, uh, quite frankly, it's impossible to keep the community safe without that trust. Uh, we have promised over and over again that they would uh, have from us transparency and accountability. Uh, and so I am very proud of the work that has been done over the last nearly 24 hours uh, by this department. Uh, they have worked uh, really without ceasing for nearly 24 hours to investigate this matter. Uh, and I am standing today with our chief of police, Hank Stawinski, as well as our state's attorney, Aisha Braveboy, uh, who you will hear from as well. Uh, what I can tell you uh, is that you will hear the details uh, about this uh, from our chief. Uh, but I want you to know um, that we not only value the trust of the public and that we will, uh, in every instance, put their well-being um, uh, first, but I should tell you that even after today's announcement regarding charges, uh, that I have directed the chief uh, to order an independent review of our department's training practices and methods uh, to ensure that an incident like this never, ever has the opportunity to occur again. Uh, and so now I will call uh, to the podium our chief of police, Hank Stawinski. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Olsenbrooks, and good evening. This is the most difficult moment of my tenure as your chief of police. I appreciate your patience. 
I appreciate the patience of our partners in the media. But our community knows that when I have the facts, you will have the facts. For the past almost 24 hours, I have remained in constant consultation with members of our Special Investigations Response Team, our Criminal Investigations Division, our Forensic Sciences Division, and our use of force experts. This has been a thorough and exhaustive review of all form and manner of evidence available to us, as well as a review of the preliminary findings of the Office of the Medi Chief Medical Examiner for the District of Columbia. And here are the facts. I am unable to come to our community this evening and provide you with a reasonable explanation for the events that occurred last night. I am unable to come to our community this evening and offer you a reasonable explanation for the events that occurred last night. I have concluded that what happened last night is a crime. And as a result, I have directed our Special Investigations Response Team to charge Corporal Michael Owen with second-degree murder, manslaughter, and associated weapons charges in the death of William Green. I want to, as always, speak on behalf of the hardworking and dedicated women and men of this institution. These actions do not represent them, and they represent the finest that this community has to offer. But I also want to be clear, there are no circumstances under which this outcome is acceptable. And I want to extend my heartfelt sorrow and sympathies to the Green family. You have my assurance that all of our methods and practices will be examined as this investigation proceeds. And I will be looking to independent eyes in the coming days to provide further insight into these circumstances. With that, it is my privilege to introduce to you our state's attorney, Aisha Brayport. Thank you, Chief, and thank you, Madam uh, County Executive. Um, thank you all for being here today. Uh, as we uh, are public servants, um, we must address the public when there are issues that we know are important to them. Uh, as was stated, um, the police in this case have charged uh, Officer Owens. Uh, Officer Owens is entitled to uh, a, a bond review, so he'll be in court over the next couple of days. Um, as with any case where um, a felony is charged, uh, a grand jury uh, will be convened. Um, they will, of course, collect additional evidence, interview witnesses. They have subpoena power. Um, so there will be a thorough investigation uh, into this case. Um, we are very early in that process. But at the conclusion of that process, uh, final charging decisions will be made. Uh, and we will, uh, as we do with all of our cases, uh, seek justice. Uh, so thank you all for being here today, and I know that we're here uh, to answer any questions. Does anybody have any questions? Is this the first time that this officer has fired this person someone? There are prior instances that are a matter of public record regarding this officer, and I will be providing information through our Media Relations Division as appropriate and in accordance with Maryland law on those events for you. Chief, did this have anything to do with um, Mr. Green wanting to use 
I cannot confirm that at this point. We are not quite 24 hours into this, and we are now in a position where we have placed charges because I have concluded that what occurred last night was a crime. But I do want to emphasize to our community that while I am confident of the evidence and the probable cause that substantiates those charges, we do not have a thorough and complete accounting of every single detail. The fundamental details, however, are the basis of the probable cause for which we're using to place these charges this evening. What I'm going to do is refer you to the statement of probable cause that we'll be releasing and ask you to use that as the foundation for your reporting on this this evening. And then as this proceeds, we'll provide additional details. However, we are collaborating and have been collaborating since last night with the Office of the State's Attorney. And we want to ensure that our public statements at this point, despite the action that we have taken that I feel to be appropriate based on probable cause, do not interfere with the ongoing prosecution and subsequent representations to a grand jury in this matter. We have partial deployment of body cameras across our department. I have always been fully in support of deploying additional body cameras throughout our department, but I would like our county executive to address that because she has taken aggressive action on this topic, and I'll invite Ms. Olson Brooks to the mic. Uh, and so we have, we have decided before this year that body cameras uh, were appropriate, and so we last year and last year's budget uh, funded the first installation of body cameras, and, and we began uh, the process of putting in place the infrastructure. And this upcoming budget, what you will see is that we have now funded for our entire uh, um, Bureau of Patrol. So every officer in the Bureau of Patrol will have those body cameras, so they will uh, be fully rolled out, and they have been uh, accounted for in this year's budget. And so we will have our body camera program, which we started uh, implementing uh, uh, even before this year. He did not have a body camera on during this incident. Well, if you'll allow me to indulge, the state attorney is in a position where she will now be fundamental to how this proceeds. So I would like to answer that question. And the legal analysis that I've received, again, as part of this extensive review over the last almost 24 hours, is that LDOBR does not attach under the circumstances that are before us. This is an unprecedented set of circumstances in the experience of this institution. And in my view, it necessitated unprecedented action. But the legal analysis I have is that we are not contravening LDOBR in taking these actions. And my belief for our community is that this is the only appropriate course of action under these circumstances. So again, I won't get into the details of that. I am confident that we have established probable cause to place these charges. We're not going to contravene anyone's rights with respect to LEOBR, but LEOBR does not attach under the circumstances which, again, are unprecedented and which we face this evening. Corporal Owen is a 10-year veteran of the Prince George's County Police Department. There's additional information we'll be providing to you through our Media Relations Division, but beyond that, 
we have to be circumspect because, again, we have to respect the work that the state's attorney will be doing in the coming days with respect to that officer and the, the fuller context of this event. I will say that we believe seven shots were fired, and I believe that's reflected in the statement of probable cause. And I want to be clear with my community, that's part of what's led us to this decision. But beyond that, I'm going to refer you back to that statement of probable cause so that we don't interfere with what will be the process of presenting this to the grand jury. Again, we're going to provide you with as much information as the law in the state of Maryland and our perspective on transparency will allow you to have. You know that. I give you my assurance on that. We are working to provide that to you, but I'm not going to make comments from this podium on that topic. I'm going to provide you that information through MRD so that we do not violate the officer's rights, and we certainly don't want to contravene Maryland law in this matter. Preliminarily, there were concerns raised by the two responding officers with respect to Mr. Green's level of impairment by unknown substances, and they were attempting to secure additional support from a drug recognition expert in order to address that. In that intervening time, these events occurred. That's where we are, and that's as much detail as I'm able to provide you, again, in the context of prior questions about where we are and in, in preparation for a grand jury presentation. In the search of his vehicle, were you all able to find that there was uh, only report about the smell of PCP, anything that What we endeavor to do in Prince George's County, and as you know, is to provide facts when we have facts. Preliminarily, our media relations representatives last night spoke to the possibility of PCP being involved. That does not, that does not appear to be the case. Further, the account that we had last night that there were independent witnesses of a struggle inside that vehicle, that was not corroborated. That was not corroborated. And I'm not able to state to a certainty with respect to whether or not Mr. Green was seatbelted in that cruiser. Those are the three substantive changes that occurred as this investigation proceeded through the early morning hours and brought us, frankly, to this point. Those are the three points that I want to correct. Again, I hope that the community will offer me some latitude. We seek to provide information quickly and to be transparent. That was preliminary information. And as I've always promised the community, when I have facts, you'll have facts. So again, we do not believe PCP was involved. We do not have independent witnesses that observed a struggle, and we do not know for certainty that Mr. Green was seatbelted in that cruiser. I cannot, again, out of respect for the grand jury process and obviously interviews that will need to proceed with our special investigations response team. As again, to be clear with the community, the investigation is not concluded because we have chosen to place charges based on probable cause, but those are components of the next phase. As was explained in a conversation we had earlier, there are two components. 
and we are being respectful of what follows with respect to the state's attorney's prosecution in this matter. He was handcuffed behind his back. He was handcuffed behind his back. That question too. No, I understand, ma'am. So, so if you have something you'd like to discuss further, we can do so after this press event. I understand, and that could be addressed after this media event. So, with that, are there any more questions from members of the media? I'm not disregarding you. No, no, please. Let's let's have a discussion afterward. Understood, ma'am. But let's, ma'am, we may have a discussion afterwards about this. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. You know what? We appreciate your um, concern, and we share it. We, I understand the passion that you brought here tonight. And let me just say, and you know, we're upset too. That's the reason we're here tonight. But what we want to do is to conclude this conference. And I promise you that we will step aside and talk to you. But we share your concern. We understand that you're upset and you're not alone. Uh, you are expressing the frustration of this community. We understand it. We get it. I promise you we will not minimize it. Uh, that's the reason we're here tonight, and we respect you for coming out to express it. If you just give us a chance to conclude here, I promise you that we will step aside. I know the state's attorney will be more than happy to discuss this with you. All right, so if there are no other questions. Okay. So, I, so that's something that I'll be able to get you at a later date. Um, So, Chief, I want to be clear. This is a difficult decision to arrive at. We have to respect due process. But in the early morning hours, I had grave concerns. And that's why, for the last almost 24 hours, I've been engaged with all the components that I enumerated earlier. And then, ultimately, that decision was made earlier this afternoon. And we unfortunately had to set aside an earlier press appointment in order to conclude conversations with our partners on that. So in the early morning hours, I had grave concerns. And then early this afternoon, I arrived at that decision. And that's brought us to this point. He is in custody now, and we are anticipating a bond hearing in the near future, yes. Do you have any information that Mr. Green may have had some kind of a diabetic reaction if he didn't? I'm not going to be able to make any comments with respect to that. Based on what we've heard about his erratic driving? I don't have any insight into that question right now.
what are what you all are focusing on to look at what's going on with pregnant people who are in traumatic situations? I'm not certain what the ACLU's reference for that is. What I know is that we train our officers in crisis intervention, and last evening was an example where they were looking for a drug recognition expert to address concerns that they had. In other cases, we refer to our psychological services for people who are in crisis and experiencing emotional crisis. So there's a host of capacities that we have under those circumstances. But yes, as the county executive has made clear, and as we will continue to do, we are going to look at our methods and practices and look to generate additional capacity because this is not acceptable. This is not where we want to be. Our perspective on that, and it goes back to uh, the very founding of the institution, is that that police officer is in a better position to control someone or prevent injury to a person if they have access to them in the front seat of that car. If you place them in the back seat of that car, that person can potentially attack that officer. That person can move throughout the vehicle. If there's an accident, you're not able to throw your arm over there, and, and I've done that, try to prevent somebody uh, from being injured in a collision or a sudden stop. And again, these practices go back to, and my experience with that, to be clear, goes back to before airbags. So it's so that that officer has uh, the ability to control that individual should they choose to become disorderly during the process of arrest. Again, I've, I've, I've addressed that. Those are matters of public record, and we're working to pull the public record from those events of almost 10 years ago so that we're providing the same information we disclosed publicly at that point. But again, I want to be clear, our goal is transparency. Our goal is to provide facts to this community and to hold people accountable. And we also have an obligation not to contravene the law, and that's why that's going to take a moment because, again, I'm standing here in an unprecedented set of circumstances and providing this information not 24 hours into it. I'm only asking for a little patience while we do that so, again, we don't contravene the law. I have seen stills from that video. I, I don't have any conclusion based on the stills. Okay, one more right here. But you just mentioned unprecedented. I think you might have addressed this a little bit later. But, uh, is there, when was the last time uh, Prince George's police officer was charged with murder? Can you recall that? Is this, has this happened before? Is this rare? Is it, can you speak to that? Well, this has been a very challenging set of circumstances because there is a balancing act that's required, and that is our obligation under due process and our system of law. I feel that we have probable cause to place charges, and in my experience, this is unprecedented. And again, that's why I'm asking for patience as we provide you with as much information as we are able, because this isn't coming after 30 or 45 days of investigation. This is coming within 24 hours, because I felt that was the appropriate remedy to these circumstances. I ask this community for their patience and understanding. I've made it clear that, in my view, this constitutes a crime, and that individual will be held accountable for that crime in the same way that any individual under law would be held accountable. There aren't two sets of rules, and there is no dynamic whereby we are going to defend the indefensible. We are not defending the indefensible, and this demonstrates our commitment to that very principle once again. And if you take the time to examine my track record as the chief of police, you'll see that I have time and again 
made clear statements and taken clear action where actions of our officers fail to meet the standards of this community. With that, I'm going to conclude and say thank you all.